This is the Welcome to Perth podcast, showcasing the stories behind our events, entertainment and lifestyle. These are the stories of how they came to be and what the future has in coming. Welcome listeners and viewers to the uh, next episode of Welcome to Perth Catch-Ups. Here I am with Cara Antonio, uh, nicknamed Juddy, uh, and she is uh, the Fremantle um, Dockers captain of the women's uh, side, uh, and she was the inaugural captain, so you're still, you're still holding the job. I do. <laughs> well yeah, done. I do, thank you. <laughs> and how many, how many years have you been the, uh, the skipper for now? Uh, five now, so just finished my fifth season in that role, so I hope well, I think I'm doing something right, yeah, hopefully, or yeah. I either I say that or I'm too scary for people to vote me out. So <laughs> we'll go with I'm doing the right thing, I think. Now, I love to, whenever we get guests on, I love to talk about a, a few highlights um, to begin with. Mm-hmm. So what would um, what would be your highlight or, or a couple of um, moments that stick out for you um, with your footy career? Probably um, one of them would be, I moved over, which we'll probably get into soon, I moved over from Melbourne um, about eight or nine years ago, played for Victoria at a state level over there. And then when I moved over here, made the WA state team. So it was was frowned upon (laughs) um, with all my Victorian mates. But uh, look, we we took on Victoria um, in that year, later that year. And WA had never beaten Victoria in a women's um, national carnival. So um, I was named captain of the WA side, Mm. which was pretty cool. And we played... um, out there at Subi Oval Domain Stadium, which no longer exists, um, and, and beat Victoria for the first ever time. So that would go wow. down in history as probably one of my favourite games. Did you have a target on your back that game? <laughs> well, one of my best mates who ended up being my bridesmaid uh, played on me that day. So um, <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was quite a bit fun. Bit of banter. Yeah, a bit of banter, yeah. all part of it. Um, but yeah, no, that was definitely a highlight. And then I think, obviously, being drafted was amazing um, to Fremantle. Um, and you can't go past the first ever derby at Optus Stadium yep. um, last year before COVID hit. Um, it was just, yeah, an incredible experience, obviously, one uh, to have such a big event at Optus Stadium for women's football, but to get the win also and to beat the Eagles was pretty sweet as well. Yeah, and that was uh, in front of a few people. Yeah, mm. I think we had 30-something thousand awesome. there. So, um, yeah, electric did you pin- feeling. Did you pinch yourself and be like, this is just crazy to, to see where the, especially where the women's games come from, you know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't yeah. have been thinking that, you know, you're going to be playing in front of 30,000 people. Yeah, well, I made sure, like, in the warm-up, I told all the girls running out that just soak it in, have a look mm. around the crowd because the game's going to be pretty heated and it's going to be, um, you know, a bit of aerial ping-pong probably for the first quarter. Um, so soak it up in the warm-up and... And really control the nerves, which I think most of us did, but uh, the game went past pretty quickly and um, it was just, yeah, it was awesome to have so many fans in the, yep. in the crowd. And uh, do you have a, a low light in, in your AFL career? Um, oh, injuries, they suck. Mm. Um, in particular, probably coming just before I got into AFLW, um, I'd had a knee reconstruction and a shoulder reconstruction. Um, you know, three or four years apart. So they were pretty challenging times mentally and physically. Um, but I think looking back, I'm really glad that I kind of went through that. Uh, you learn a lot about your mind and your body and you, you can push yourself to different limits. Mm. And um, yeah, injuries are never fun, but unfortunately they're all part of playing a contact sport and sport in general. So 
that would definitely probably be, yeah, the low light, having to manage and deal with injuries and waking up on a Monday morning feeling like you've been hit by a bus <laughs> um, and then having to back it up again, so. Especially with, you know, you've also got a full-time job mm -hmm. as a teacher, so um, I imagine that has its challenges as well, trying to balance the, the two. Oh, it does, especially when you rock up to school on a Monday morning and you've got half your kids saying they can't do prac because they're sore from the weekend. I've got no sympathy for it. <laughs> and, um, I'll make sure they get get out and amongst it and have a run around. So yeah, it is hard to balance, but you find a way because I love playing footy and I love my job and um, yeah, you just kind of do it. I and think. and we are actually here, uh, uh, you're in, in a boxing, uh, in a charity mm. boxing fight uh, in six weeks time. Yep. So you've just been doing a bit of sparring in, mm. in, the, in the ring. Um, so are you excited, excited for that as well? Yeah, oh, I've been coming to Anarchy for about six or seven years um, as we're talking off camera and um, Glenn Austin has been nagging me for all that time to try and get into this Perth Corporate Rumble and it just so happened to be that it fell outside fo my football commitment. Yeah. So the moment they announced the data, um, yeah, I made sure I asked him. You, you yeah, were in. I'll yeah. put my name in the, I'll put my, you know, hat in the ring and um, he was over the moon. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking, really looking forward to the challenge, mentally and physical challenge to, um, to do something different and learn a different craft in boxing. Um, and I'm re I've really enjoyed the first couple of weeks so far. So looking to see, um, yeah, what the next six weeks. You are looking well. pretty fit compared to some of the other competitors. <laughs> so uh, I think you're, you're, you might be an early favourite, but we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. So let's, let's rewind it all the way back. Um, so if you're, back when you were a kid, were you always a sporty, sporty kid? Is that what your sort of your focus was? Were you a, a class clown in the, in, and then just waiting to get out uh, at recess and kick the footy? Or? Yeah, I was a bit of a tomboy growing up. Um, primary school, like I had some really good mates that I still keep in contact with now, some, some girl girlfriends that I still keep in contact back in Melbourne. But I think, yeah, my, my memories of primary school is I was just out with the boys having a kick of the footy yeah. and, and getting tackled and tackling them. And um, I'm the eldest of three, so yeah. um, I've got a younger sister, two years younger than me, and then a, a younger brother, 17 years younger. So wow. um, there's a bit of a gap there. So growing up, um, you know, I had neighbours uh, that played footy and um, just was always out in the street, you know, trying to kick it between two trees and things like that, trying to create my own fun. Um, my uncle was a massive influence in my life. Um, growing up, with, you know, with a single parent, mum raised me um, and my sister from a very young age by herself. My uncle was a massive influence um, in my football career, you know, would take me down to football training. It was the team manager, awesome. the coach, yeah, all those kinds it. of things. So, um, yeah, they're kind of my earliest memories of getting into footy. Um, and I suppose they've just yeah, they've grown and transpired over the years into high school and then now into the real world. And so uh, that was over in Vic. So who mm -hmm. did you go for as a kid? I go. Oh, I went for Collingwood as a kid. Um, <laughs> my entire family are Collingwood, and I had no choice. I was. Yeah. I was one of those kids. It. As soon as I was um, was born, I was in a Collingwood uh, jumper. Yeah. Um, that's what happens. That's what happens. They get in doctorate. They, they're forced into going for the uh, the I magpie know. army. And I and I get all the jokes still about the no <laughs> teeth and no teeth real. So I'm used to that. But I've got a, a little bit of a soft spot, obviously, still for the pies. But yeah, um, yeah obviously now at Fremantle, um, right behind the boys and and following their journey. Um, yeah, across but, the last kind of five, five, six years. Yeah, and so, uh, so high school is starting to finish up. You're obviously playing, um, loving your footy, mm. um, but w what was your sort of mindset when you were going to be leaving school? What were you thinking you were going to do for a job? Mm. Um, did you think there was a pathway for you to, to be able to take your football further or would, did you... Um, 
Yeah, were you, were you worried that, that you'd sort of gone as far as you could? Yeah, a little bit of both. Like in year 12, I actually did, did my knee. So I had a knee reconstruction in year 12, which my mum was probably really happy with so I could focus on my study, um, you know, buy a card and go on um, leavers or schoolies, as they call it over there, <laughs> or anything like that. So I was pretty um, focused on... Um, getting back, getting my knee right, um, working as much as I could. And my mum's a teacher. Um, yeah, so she was, I didn't really want to go to uni. I wanted mm. to um, just have a year off and just, you know, travel a bit and find my feet. And I'd always wanted to be a police officer growing up mm-hmm. or a vet. Um, but yeah, I suppose mum, which now I thank her sincerely yeah. for pushing me and pushing me to go to uni <laughs> and, and getting into teaching. Um, yeah, I, I had a gap year. I did... Um, um, I was like a teacher's assistant at a, at a high school over in Melbourne, which I, again, I think that's where I found my passion for teaching. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, I ended up studying sports science for a few years um, and then transferred over to teaching. And that's um, what I suppose brought me over to WA. So in terms of the footy thing, though, I back then there was always a dream that um, 2020 there'd be a national AFLW competition. Mm-hmm. And... Um, at that point, you know, going through a knee reconstruction and then a shoulder reconstruction a few years later, I was like, oh, am I even going to be able to, is my body going to hold up mm. for this for this period? And when Gillian McLaughlin took over as CEO of the AFL, he said, no, nah, we're going to do it in 2017. So I was pretty happy. I yeah. thought maybe this dream, my childhood dream of playing AFL um, was going to come true, which I was lucky enough, obviously, to be signed with um, Fremantle. Um, and did they sign you because you were already over here and that that helped because you already had that relationship? Um, or was it because they went, this is our, you know, our, our best person that we can get? Yeah, so what happened when um, the announcement got made in 2017, these are the, these are the teams that have got a licence. Each AFL club could sign two signings before the draft. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough that Fremantle approached myself and Kiara Bowers, who... Mm-hmm. Um, yep, she's now an AFL, yeah, yeah. Um, best and fairest winner. and <laughs> Very handy season yeah, from her. She's a, she's a legend in her own right. Um, so we were the first two signings at Fremantle. So I was obviously, I'd done something right in, in waffle at a waffle level. And um, yeah, they um, called us both up and wanted to sign us pretty early. So um, What an exciting moment. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit surreal. Like we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how big this was going to be. Um, and it's just grown over the last five years, which is... Um, it's been a roller coaster journey, but um, yeah, it's only going to get bigger and bigger mm. as the years go on. So, obviously, a pretty challenging year last year mm. um, during COVID. Were you worried that you know that could that could kill the competition at any point? Oh, definitely. There's, I think, um, you know, we we were on a pretty big high last season, going through the season undefeated. Mm. Um, we were in the box seat to, I think we had won our first final against the Gold Coast and then the following week, well, Melbourne were meant to come over here. If we'd won that, then we'd host the grand final. So we're in the box seat to host a home grand final and obviously COVID hit and, and the world went into a bit of turmoil with this pandemic, um, which was really confronting and sad for, for a number of people across the world. And, you know, there was a moment that I suppose everyone had that was probably a little bit selfish, like, mm. why is this happening to mm, us mm. And, and things like that. But you snap... This year, this year that we were, all, yeah. you know, in such good form. But, but you snap out of yeah. it pretty quickly. There's way bigger things mm. um, to worry about than sport and, and family 
you know, all my family are in Melbourne. Mm. So the fact that I couldn't see them for close to 12 months mm. was pretty tough for me. Lucky for FaceTime and, yeah. and you know, Zoom and all those yeah. things, um, you're, you're able to still keep connected. But um, pretty quickly you got over the fact that we potentially could have been premiers. I think it was more the fact that we didn't get the opportunity to see so, if we were so good enough. It, yeah. it wasn't the fact that we didn't win the grand final. It was just the fact we didn't have the opportunity yeah. to see if we were good enough. So it's just the, um, un- the, unknown, the unknown of what would have happened. Yeah, if, yeah. definitely. So two two games. Yeah, so it was, it was cut short at the semi-finals. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so there's potentially two more. Well, yeah, next final and then the grand final still to be played. Yeah, brutal. Yeah. So, and then obviously the mindset would have been, all right, this is the year. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, talk us through what happened there yeah this year was a little bit different um again like coming into the season we didn't know what was going to happen um fixtures uh got released uh you know every single week so we didn't know who we were playing until like, the wednesday or the thursday before uh, we were really lucky well we were lucky in the fact that our borders were closed so we couldn't we could only play interstate clubs no melbourne clubs could fly in and we couldn't fly to melbourne so um yeah, I think at the start of the season, there was still a bit um, of that unknown of and a bit of frustration from, you know, 2020. Mm. And um, we spoke about it as a group and you had to just bottle it up and use it mm. as a motivation, if anything. Um, but the, 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 the fact is that teams are getting better. Mm. Um, teams are getting stronger, fitter. They know how to play us and um, they raised the bar and mm. we didn't raise it enough. Um, you know, we started off really strong. I think we'd won the first four or five uh, and then, yeah, lost lost a couple in a row and um, struggled to find our feet again um, and, and really, yeah, come to terms with the fact that maybe this wasn't our year and, um, and it happened to be that, yeah, we bombed out in that elimination final against Melbourne. So a disappointment. I think more the one word that I'd describe this season is probably disappointing. Mm. I know our best was good enough and um, we saw it in glimpses across the season, but not enough to to make it to that final game. So 2022, hopefully, is... So um, you'll go through the draft process. Mm -hmm. I imagine list management will just... Yeah, a a few changes, yeah, and then just working on how to hunt down those top teams. Oh, definitely. you You always got to get better as individuals, um, but also as a team and and no doubt the coaching staff since the season's finished have, have, um, you know, started their planning for 2022. We'll we'll tweak a few things. You don't need to change too much, Mm. I wouldn't have thought, but... We definitely need to have a look of um, what we can be doing better um, to to be up there in the in the top kind of four teams because yeah you play to win at that at the top level and I hate losing so um, <laughs> it was a kind of it was a hard pill to swallow at times uh, throughout the season but yeah you learn a lot more from your losses than yeah. your wins yeah and so what does Cara Antonio have um, happening you know five ten years time where where would you like to see yourself? Uh, football, I imagine in 10 years' time, you're probably not playing as the, <laughs> as the skipper. Not. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm, I mean, Knees I'm, won't be able to handle no, that. exactly. I'm 29 at the moment, so um, I'm hopeful that I've got another couple of years left in me to play at the top level. Um, I want to kind of go out on my own accord. I don't want to let injury, um, you know, call it quits mm-hmm. for me. So I'd love to yeah, be able to play the next couple of years and really help, um, I suppose, those young leaders coming through and and hand over the reins to the next um, crop of players that are going to take the club forward o- over the next 10 to 15 years, which is pretty exciting to, to know that, yeah, probably the next five years I'll be sitting in the stands um, <laughs> enjoying a drink and watching the girls play. And having an involvement. Would you like yeah. to stay involved with, with the club oh, def- outside of, you know, playing? Definitely. Coaching. I'm 
currently completed my level three coaching accreditation, awesome. which is um, which is pretty cool um, process to be in, I suppose. And I think eventually I want to get into coaching. It's very similar to obviously my day to day job in teaching, um, but. Yeah, coaching at the top level would be very rewarding, I would have thought. Um, you know, I love the strength and conditioning. I love the fitness side of things, the nutrition side of things. Well-being is another um, thing that I've really focused on and that mental health kind of, I'm involved with, with another of, a number of kind of charities in that mm-hmm. space to, to help kind of, yeah, um, bring down, the st- reduce the stigma um, of mental health and the importance of talking about it. So there's a number of things kind of in the background mm-hmm. that I'd be interested to jump in. Um, but currently, I'm just... You're pretty busy at the moment yeah, already. I'm, yeah. pretty, I'm pretty busy with life in general. So, um, yeah, we'll tackle that as it comes, I think. I love it. Well, um, congratulations on your career today. Thank you. Uh, hopefully, the next two years, we, there's a, uh, a uh, an inaugural premiership for the Fremantle Club, male and female. Mm. Um, I don't know how um, how the males would feel about it, if the if the females can can knock it off before them, um, but yeah, congrats, mate, and um, good luck in the uh, in the boxing charity boxing fight as well. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, well done.